fill out. I am excited about the opportunity today to be in God's house on the day of Pentecost. You know, Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover, and I believe that Jesus Christ, in the spirit form, is the Holy Spirit, and God the Father is in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and all three are one. I believe in one God, not three. Why? Because that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it is a mind-boggling thing. We really can't comprehend how God exists in his fullness. But one thing we can know, he lives in our hearts and we know it. Amen? Do you remember the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ? And he's been with you ever since, hasn't he? If you would open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read a scripture with you. Ask you to read it with me. And it is the Good Samaritan. We're going to jump right in it. Now, I don't have a clock up here because I have my phone doing live Facebook. Hello, everybody on Facebook. And uh, so I don't know what time it is. So I'm thinking it's probably about uh, 11.05, but gets my, it doesn't matter. My mic gets turned off at 12 anyway, right? So uh, if it gets close to 12, y'all maybe have to give me the high sign now. And uh, I, I just want to tell you that this is the first time in a long time that I've stood in this pulpit and preached. And so it's possible I could get a little long-winded. It could happen. <laughs> Next Sunday, we're going to go back to Sunday school at 10 o'clock. And we are going to have church in the parking lot at 9 o'clock for people who want to be outside and feel comfortable that way. We're going to do that for a few more weeks. And then we'll just see what happens. I cannot predict the future, but Jesus already knows the future. And he revealed a lot of the future to us in Revelation. And we're seeing it play out before our eyes. I've been looking at all the funny Facebook uh, memes and things posted. I think my favorite one this week was a woman standing out in her front door going, just checking to see what page of Revelation we're doing today. And I like that one. You know, here we are. We've been talking about it all our lives. We're right in the middle of what Jesus called the beginning of sorrows. And in our country today, it is very sorrowful. There's race riots going on. Franklin Graham has called for a national day of churches to pray for peace in our nation. We did that this morning. We've already done that here in this service. We're going to keep doing that. And so I'll, every time I think of these terrible race riots and racial-related riots. I mean, if you look at the rioters, they're all different colors, right? I mean, if you look at the riots, there's a white, black, brown, and everything in between rioting. And uh, the problem is not race. The problem is rioting. And we need to take care of each other. You know, 
I believe if somebody was attacking my family, my property, my business, I believe that my church family would help me. And I believe that I would do the same thing for you. And Americans need to stand up for each other and protect each other's stuff, protect the streets of our cities. Um, true patriotic Americans do not burn buildings. True patriotic Americans do not use an excuse of a horrible killing to get a free television. This killing was inexcusable. The policeman, I think, should have been arrested that day. If he had been arrested that day and charged with murder that day, all of this might have stopped. Somebody in charge needs to smarten up. Not allow these things to go for days before charges are filed. And really and truly, it's being used as an excuse for criminals to commit crime. And so we need as a country to come back together today. And I always think of the Good Samaritan. And the story of the Good Samaritan is interesting because the Samaritan people were mixed. They were mixed blood, like they were part Jewish. They were part other races, okay? And so they were really looked down on. They were shunned in a lot of ways. There was, some, there was a lot of racism against Samaritans, okay? Racism isn't anything new. Ever since there have been races, some have mistreated others. But it's not just racial where people get mistreated. How many know white people have mistreated a lot of white people? How many know black people are the ones that captured the slaves to sell them to the white people? How many know that what America did to the Native Americans is inexcusable? How many know that some Native Americans enslaved other Native Americans? Let's be truthful. Racism, slavery, dominance, racial this is not anything unique to America, black versus white. It's been going on since the beginning of the human race. I've wondered how did we develop races. Have you ever wondered that? You know, this is the way I understand the Bible, that when Noah and his family got off the ark, they were all one family, all of the same race. But then they scattered over the next 100, 200 years. They scattered around the world. And there's, you know, obvious evidence that dark skin evolved, lighter skin evolved, light skin evolved throughout time. Yeah. Evolution is real. Yes, you heard this Baptist preacher, fundamental evangelical Baptist preacher, say evolution is real. But let me tell you what's not real. We did not come from any kind of monkey or lower life form. We all came from Noah and his family.
But evolution or change in the species is real. And, you know, if you're a horse lover, look at the skeletal history of horses, how they've changed over centuries and thousands of years. If, if you love wildlife, look at how the giraffe that used to be short is now tall with a huge long neck. It changed. It stands to reason that the tallest one were tallest ones would survive in a drought where they could eat higher on the tree and the genet the genes for taller giraffes would dominate because they were the ones that survived over time i'm not going to get into a science lesson but i'm trying to tell you that's what is happening on the news today rioting kids i hope you can fix this when you get older because our generation has really blown it. Our generation has blown it. We should have had this fixed a long time ago. But what do we get? We end up getting leaders that promote racism instead of trying to create all equal in the eyes of God. Our Constitution says we're all equal. The Bible says that it, we're all equal. We're all sinners have come short of the glory of God. Doesn't it say all? It says all. How many know it says all? We're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. The Jewish people kind of had racism against Samaritans because they were mixed breed, if you will, or mixed blood or whatever the politically correct term is, which is another thing I'm sick of. All this political correctness and this modern philosophy is the reason we have racism. It's not curing it. It's making it worse. When someone, I think there's a lot of good-hearted people that really do have a good heart, and they think that when they stand up and talk about white privilege that they are curing and they're not curing, they're cutting the wound deeper. How many got what you got? How many drove the car today because someone came to you and said, you're white, you're privileged, here's a car? Nobody? I can't believe it. How many of y'all are living in your house because somebody came to you and said, oh, you're white? Here's your house. It is so absolutely 100% absurd to ever teach the philosophy of white privilege. All that does, think about it, all that does is put the other colors down. They say they're trying to bring understanding, but it's the opposite. That's what the devil does. Didn't he do it in the Garden of Eden? Isn't that what he did in the Garden of Eden? He came to Adam and Eve and he said, Now, you know, the Lord, God doesn't want you to eat of that tree, but the reason he doesn't want you to is because then you'll have knowledge and higher understanding. And he tempted them to sin. All of us are sinners, but we have the blood of Jesus if we've given our life to Jesus Christ, and we are in his family, and we are no longer called sinners, we are called children of the King. And let me tell you, when we get to heaven, 
Our brothers and our sisters who are also children of the one true living King, Jesus Christ, there's going to be brown ones, black ones, light, dark, and everything in between because all of us that love the Lord are children of the same Father. <clears throat> when we were kids in Bible school, they taught us that we're all part of Abraham's family. You see, the Jews, they said, oh, we're, we're descendants of Abraham. And the Samaritans, they're lower than us. Now, I don't think every Jew felt that way. I think it's pretty stereo, pretty bad stereotype to say every Jew hated Samarians. I bet there was a lot of them that really didn't hate Samar Samaritans. And I bet there's a lot of Samaritans that didn't hate Jews. The Samaritans, they could have been rioting and trying to burn down Jerusalem. But let me tell you what they did instead of rioting and trying to burn down Jerusalem. Well, let me tell you what one man did in Jesus' own words. In chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem. This is a Jew, by the way, from Jericho. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was going to Jericho. He fell among thieves. He was a Jew from Jerusalem. He fell among thieves. He was mugged. He was beat up. What happened? They stripped him of his clothing. They wounded him. They left him for dead. Isn't that exactly what the Romans did to Jesus on the cross? They stripped him from stripped him of his clothing. They wounded him and left him for dead. Look at verse 31. And by chance there came down a certain priest that went that way. Now there's two words that get my attention there. And they are by chance. Now, sometimes you hear people say, I don't believe there any the in chance. Sometimes you hear people say, I, I don't believe that there's such thing as chance. Well, Jesus said there was. You just read it. He said, by chance. Now, I believe the point to that is this. He's trying to teach us that God did not make that Samaritan or that Levi uh, go that way. He didn't make that Levite go that way. He didn't make the Samaritan go that way, and he didn't make the Jew from Jerusalem go that way. They chose where they were going. You hear me? They chose where they were going. You see, God did not make you go where you went in your life today by chance. I, I adhere to the, I really do believe that God is in control. I do. But I know for a fact that God does not control our behavior. We have free will. Did God cause those riots? Did God cause that sorry policeman to kill that black man? Did God cause anything bad that's happened? No, we all know the answer, right? God set in motion the human race. He set in motion the world, and things just happen. 
things just happen. Let me tell you what God does when things just happen. He takes those bad things and he works them out for good for those who are called according to his word, for those that love him and are called by his name, for you as a Christian, for me as a Christian, for if we will choose Jesus Christ in his way, he'll take those things that happen by chance. He'll take those things that happen by intent. He'll take those evil plots. He'll take the schemes of men and he will work those for our good how many want to be in that family where the father works it out for our good so that gets my attention when I see the word by chance then he goes on to say you see there was this Jew and he got robbed and he got wounded and he was left in the ditch for dead half dead and so a priest came by. He was a Levite. A priest, I mean, came by. And he saw him and he walked around him. And then the next verse said, a Levite came along. These were the highest of the high. As far as moral, piety, supposed to be spiritual. They, they came by and they walked by and they did nothing. But then on verse 33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where this man was, which was down in the ditch, by the way. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He went to him. He bound up his wounds. He poured oil and wine on him. He set him on his own beast. And he brought him to an inn and took care of him. I love this story because this man made a choice. Even though he had a lot of racial tension probably with Jews, he still went out of his way to help him. You see, the Samaritan is the minority. The Jew is the one in the ditch. What did the Samaritan do? He went in to the ditch. And he brought this man out. And I, did you all watch the video of the policeman with his knee on the neck? Did it make you mad? It's a good thing I wasn't there. I would have got too mad. Probably done something I shouldn't have. It made me very, very mad to see someone there. You know, I don't know the man, George Floyd. I don't know all the circumstances. But the official report is that they thought he had passed a counterfeit bill. And they stopped him for it because the store had reported him. That's the official report so far. There could be more to it. I don't pretend to know. You know, if I got a counterfeit bill given to me as change and I went to the store and tried to spend with it, that could happen, couldn't it? I mean, these people, I go, I hand them a bill and they go, I think, what are they looking for? That's how ignorant I am of it. I could pass a counterfeit bill and never know it. And so you watch the video, and he's taken out of his van, and he's not fighting anybody. He might be saying things, I don't know, thrown on the ground. You've seen it, right? Did it make you mad? Come on, let me hear you. 
I, no, that's not loud enough. Did it make you mad? Are we going to go burn down some buildings? No, because we're not idiots. We're not stupid, and we're Americans, and we don't burn down buildings, and we don't go steal televisions, and we don't bust people's windows out. What we do is we protect each other's stuff. We need peace that only God can give. You know, the, when I'm watching those riots, the principle's coming out in me real bad. I'm wanting to send a whole army of people with paddles down there. Whoop some rears. Huh? I don't know how to stop it. Tear grass works pretty good. But I know one thing, if all those people would do unto others like they would want to be treated, this would not be happening, would it? Jesus Christ taught us how to act. He did. He taught us how to act. We get hot-headed, but when you have the peace in your heart of Jesus Christ, even when you get real mad, you have discipline. Right? We have a rule of law. It has come down from centuries and centuries of practice. It's not perfect. A certain Samaritan journeyed and came to where this man was in the ditch, and he did seven things. I'm going to close, and I'm going to, if you have a chance to write them down, I want you to. Here's what he did he had compassion on him. Verse 34. He went to him. Next one, he bound up his wounds. He poured oil and wine on him. He set him on his own beast. He brought him to the inn. He took care of him. And then he said, I went, he went to the innkeeper and he said, if there is additional expenses, I will come back and pay the full price. You know, the alcohol in the wine killed the germs just like that's what we're doing right now, isn't it? The olive oil of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, still heals just like it did that day. And I am so thankful, aren't you, that Jesus Christ paid the full price for my sins and misdeeds and misbehavior. Because when I get to heaven, I'm not going to... Kids, listen. When I get to heaven, they are not going to read a list of all the bad things that I've done or all the sins or wrong things I've done. You know why? Because it's been erased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, I will remember them no more. This is what we need in America. We need good Samaritans. We need to forget about skin color. We need to remember 
love one another. We need to cherish the words of Jesus, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is what Union Valley Church does. It's Pentecost Sunday, and I feel the Holy Spirit. I wish everybody out there, yeah, I'm tempted to have mass whoopings, but I wish everybody out there could be right here with us feeling the love of Jesus Christ. I don't know how we would social distance. All of a sudden, did you notice social distancing just went away? It's a miracle. I hope we don't have riots tonight across America. I hope God's preachers, you know, these preachers, this Levite and this priest, basically were both preachers of some kind. They did the wrong thing. Do you notice that? There's a lot of people that are not in church today because they saw some preacher do the wrong thing. They saw some preacher drink a beer or smoke a cigarette or say a cuss word or go somewhere he shouldn't go. Oh, I'm, you know, I can't go to church because that preacher, he drank a beer. I can't go to church because that preacher did something bad. Now, there are some preachers, a lot of them evidently, that have done some really, really bad things. How many know they're going to answer big time to God for it? The Bible tells me that when a preacher does really bad things, he answers a lot higher price. Isn't that right? That's what it says. A lot higher price. Those that are called with a special calling and they really hurt people bad, they have a lot rougher consequences. And that's just the way it is. But now let me tell you something else. A preacher that does something really bad and then later sincerely repents to God and turns his life around and goes the right way is also forgiven by God and can be restored to the ministry. Sometimes it takes a long time to get that back. But it's not right for us to hold grudges against somebody that did something wrong just because they went to church, taught Sunday school, or a preacher. You know who that hurts? If when I stand before the Lord, I can't say, well, I can say it. It won't do any good. Oh, my daddy did this to me. My mama did that to me. The preacher did this bad thing. That church person did that. You can say it, but it won't matter. What you do with the Lord is what matters when you stand before him. And the good news is this. You don't have to be crippled by other people's actions. You don't have to be crippled by other people's actions. You can rise above it. You can be set free from it. 
I am so glad that finally America set the slaves free. It took way too long. It should have never happened in the first place. But it's time to get over it. I am horribly upset when I watch videos and documentaries about what America did to the Native Americans. I mean, it makes me spit fire mad. How about you? It is time to get over it. It makes me furious when I see what the British did to our ancestors. It makes me furious to see how some of the people from Ireland and Scotland were put into basically slavery when they got here. I can't stand to see people mistreated, especially kids. But these wounds of the past hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago have got to stop hurting. So what did he do? He poured wine in the wound, killed the germs. He poured oil on the wound. The Spirit of God represents the Spirit of God. He did everything Jesus would do for you. He went to him. He sought him out. He saved him. He took him and gave him shelter. He healed him, and he paid the full price. There is nothing to be excited about more than the fact that Jesus has paid the full price for me and you. Would you stand with me? Our country needs healing. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We pray in Jesus' name that we could all unite as Americans. No more white Americans. No more black Americans. No more Hispanic or African or European, but all one America, united under the banner of the flag and under the cross of Jesus Christ. This is what we need, O oh God. Please instill today your Holy Spirit. Pour out upon all flesh like you did on Pentecost. O oh God, we want to see your Spirit poured out across the nation. We don't want to see fires of buildings. We want to see fires of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we don't want to see people murdered. We want to see people lifted out of the ditch. Lord, we don't want to see violence. We want to see brotherly love. No more stealing. Peace. No more murder but peace. No more hate. Peace instead. We get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prayer requests. Dozens a day. One little boy this week I posted on my Facebook page. You can find it. Little boy could see probably first or second grade maybe third grade he said I pray that people will love their friends and their enemies and keep on loving them until they only have friends left such a simple concept but it's the one that Jesus taught I'm following Jesus today. 
If you're here this morning and you've not given your life to him, would you do that? Pray this prayer with me. Lord, please forgive me. Please come live in my heart. I'm giving my life to you right now. Just pray that to the Lord. Lord, I give my life to you right now. And I really mean it with all my heart. I'm not perfect, but I want to do better and I want to be more like you. I'm giving my life to you. Please save me and forgive me. Please take me to heaven when I die. Help me help someone else today. Oh, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, I'd like for you to lift your hand and say, I prayed that prayer and I gave my life to Jesus today. Would you do that where I could see your hand? Say, I gave my life to Jesus today. How about this? Would you pray for someone today that they would accept Jesus Christ before it's too late? I surrender all. Let's all sing this. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender 